What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show hosted by me, Christy Demetrakis, the Empowered Speaker. I'm the president and founder of the Empowered Speaker, a faith-based global ministry that teaches people the power of dreams and the importance of faith in conquering the fears that limit us. I'm also the author of Faith to Conquer Fear, Inspiration to Achieve Your Dreams. You can find out more about my services and my book at www.empoweredspeaker.com. And for those of you who may be listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show for the first time, here's what you can expect. This show will provide guests who will motivate you, inspire you, and give you tools to activate your goals and dreams, whether those dreams are entrepreneurial, corporate, or personal. And today I have a special guest to help me do just that, Gregory Burge. And let me tell you a little bit about Gregory. Actually, let me tell you a lot about Gregory. We're going to learn a whole lot about him today. They say that great athletes never give up. But for Gregory, giving up his medical career marked the beginning of his, of his athletic dreams. Born in 1978, Gregory grew up dreaming to become a professional sportsman. 21 years later, he stopped growing and also stopped dreaming because he's having his third ACL surgery in four years. That's how he decides to devote his energy to school and enroll in 2000 in a six-year osteopathic course in Mars, I'm going to say this wrong, Marseille, France. Gregory never liked school or sciences, but six years later, he graduates and writes a thesis about ACL surgeries. Four months later, while hiking the Bright Angel Trail in the Grand Canyon, Arizona, he receives the following text message. Congratulations, you won the Thesis of the Year Award. They say that everything happens for a reason. Therefore, there is a lot to say about December 2005, a moment where Gregory and his family lose one family member overnight. This loss helps Gregory realize that you should never lose one opportunity to be nice to someone or to do what you really want to do in life. This loss motivates Gregory to play basketball again, and despite his weak knee, the fire in his heart takes him and his team to the 2006 College Basketball National Championship title. This loss inspires Gregory to get a tattoo. This loss makes Gregory feel that moving abroad is the next right thing to do. That's how he lands in Montreal, Canada, to work as an osteopath. After only three months, he becomes sick and will suffer depression for the next three years. In 2000, he falls in love with a Japanese woman. She thinks he looks 40 years old, but he also falls, but also falls in love with him. They move together to Tokyo, Japan, where he creates and opens the osteopathic clinic of his dreams. There he becomes the first foreign osteopath ever registered in Japan. The dream is shining as intensely as the violence which will break it. In fact, Gregory is still in Tokyo in March of 2011 when a 9.0 magnitude earthquake, a tsunami, and the nuclear meltdown in, Fu in Fukushima occur. He must leave Japan. Doesn't want to, but must. Sad to, but has to. Broke, heartbroken, and depressed, this is when he decides to quit osteopathy. 
His mother thinks this is a stupid decision, but his heart thinks it is the right thing to do. That's the beginning of his new life, a life that has nothing to do with the life he dreamt of when he was 18, a life he would never have dared dream of back then. Between 2011 and 2013, he works as an English teacher, as a dishwasher in a restaurant, as a cook in a Japanese restaurant, in a McDonald's, as a janitor, a translator, and finally discovers interpreting. During those two years, he lives in Canmore, which is in Canada, Sapporo, Japan, Rome, Singapore, and France, where he currently is. Between interpreting and him, it's love at first sight. Gregory's behavior, energy, and stress level are at the exact opposite of what he experienced as an osteopath. Logically, he writes his first book, How to Find Your Soul Job. In September 4th of 2013, the International Olympic Committee is about to announce the name of the city which will host the 2020 Olympic Games. It will be Istanbul, Madrid, or Tokyo. Tokyo comes out of the envelope. Inexplicably, inexplicably attached to this city, Gregory sees this as the sign that it's time to give one more chance to his childhood dream. And this is how he starts triathlon with the 2020 Olympic Games as his only goal. In 2014, he finishes 25th at the Nationals. In 2015, he is selected in the age group French national team. The dream is alive. Wow, that's a story in and of itself. That is so awesome. We could almost stop right there, but we won't. <laughs> Gregory, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show. Hi, Christian. Thank you for having me. I can't believe you were just talking about me. I was listening to you. I was like, man, who's that guy? Yeah, I like that guy. That's right. What you said. Hey, I like him. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can't wait to talk about your background and all the things you've done. My goodness, you've done a ton. But I want you, I know I read a lot, but I want you to tell us something, if there's anything left, about you that was not in your bio. So, Something that's not in my bio, something that doesn't belong to my past, just something special just happened this week. This week, and um, I was, um, as you said, I'm working as an interpreter right now. That's what's paying the bills. And I'm pretty lucky because I, uh, I kind of love interpreting. And I just celebrated my 100th day of interpreting this week. Oh, wow. Awesome. awesome. Exactly. Yes. And, and I was, it's really special to me because... When you do, when you when you do something, uh, when you do a job that makes you sick, and then you you quit and you do something else that you like, that you kind of like, then you quit, you do something that you like very much, then you quit, then you do something you love, and then after all that, when you when you do one job for a hundred days, it means something, you know. It's not <laughs> it's a lot, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of changes in there. A lot of changes. I feel like that's going to be the theme of this conversation is change and decisions that you've made to kind of get you to where you are today. Probably that's a good uh, that's a good theme exactly. Yeah. Well, here's the first question. Um what gave you that dream from childhood to be in the Olympics? Where did that come from? I think that was, you know, the, I think it was very natural. It came very natural. Uh, sometimes, you know, I have this uh, story that I made up in my mind 
that um, you know when I was a kid, I asked my uh, older sister how do uh, how do we make babies, and uh, and she said, well, you know, uh, your dad uh, just uh, we uh, had a, a seed, your mom had a seed too, they combined, and that made you. And you know, but in my head, I imagine that in addition to that that recipe, that portion, there was my dad's seed, my mom's seed, but there was also one dream. It's like, a, I, I, I like to believe that my parents had like a book of dream in their, in their hands mm. and that in that book with like billions of possible dreams for everybody in the world, in all that dream, uh, dream books, they picked one dream. They picked one dream and they mixed it with their seeds and that made me. Because uh, that, um, yeah, that dream of being a professional athlete was like my, my only dream. As uh, uh, when I was very young, I was going to school and I wanted to be professional, a professional athlete, and that was it. Wow. I, I, I never thought of uh, becoming uh, uh, an actor in Hollywood or, or a singer or, any, or anything uh, as crazy as being an athlete. It was just, uh, yeah, the most natural thing in the world for me. Wow. Wow. Well, that's awesome. And I think it's a testament to what usually happens or a lot of times happens with people in their dreams. They have this this dream that they've had from childhood or at some point in life when, when, when God gives it to you. And then life happens or you hit that detour and you forget about it. And maybe you never forgot about it, but a lot of people do forget about it. Or they put it up on the shelf and they think, I'm getting too old. There's no way I can do this now. I'm past my prime. All those things that are natural in our in our minds. But I love how God kind of brought you full circle. Exactly. He took you through a lot of different experiences to get you back to this place. So that's, that's wonderful. That's encouraging uh, for people who think it's too late. Because how old are you? Are you 40? You're you. No, you're not 40 yet, right? No, I'm 37. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know what's interesting when you say that uh, um, sometimes uh, people or, or we, uh, depending on where we are in life, we kind of push that dream we had and we put it on the side and we forget about it. What what I found um, relevant to what you just said is that that dream of being an athlete was like the most natural thing to me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Then apparently I put it on the side too. And when I was, I think, yeah, in my early 30s, in my early 30s, it took, it took really an incredible amount of, of pain and faith and uh, intuition to, to dig deep and find that dream, that dream back inside of me again. And you know, and that, I find it, I find it really ironic because, um, after that I was like, but come on, that's like becoming a professional athlete is like the one thing I've ever wanted in my life. Mm. How, how could it have been, how could it have been so hard to, to remember? You see, so that's, uh, that's really looking, um, uh, when I, uh, usually when people ask me for some, gu- some guidance, I always tell them to try to go back to do those first days. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, go back. And that's that's the thing. I, I host a conference um, each year, and I'm always amazed at the people who, at the end of the day, go, I had forgotten what my dream was. 
Exactly. And yeah. you do, I mean, I, and I think it's just life. I mean, we're, we're human. Things come up and all of a sudden you have a family and you have kids and you have bills and you have a job that now you can't live without because you have bills and a family. <laughs> it's, this vicious, it's this vicious cycle <laughs> that sometimes just really deters us. In your bio, um, you were talking about a period of time when you went into depression. Tell me about that yeah. and how you came out of that. My God, you know that it's uh it's uh I've been asked that question several times now, mm-hmm. and I can't believe you know like I um you know I'm a human and sometimes right now even though I'm living my dream there are still some uh, some ups and downs some highs and lows but never I'm so on the opposite spectrum of that that moment of my life where I was so so depressed and. Uh, I can't believe I can't believe this was this was me, and I can't believe I I let myself go through that spiral. And for so many for so many years, for three long years, I um so this uh, depression started pretty quick after uh, I started working. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, I had I had no idea what was the the origin, the cause, the source of that problem because I'm. Honestly, at that time, I had it all. I had the the job, the country, the girlfriend. Like I had it all. Mm-hmm. So when you have all that and you like you're 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 depressed, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Mm. So I uh, took um, from that point on. I remember. Um, I think I tried to fix everything I could in my life. I uh, my diet, my lifestyle, my social activities. My relationship with my parents, obviously, they heard that they heard everything I had to say. Yes. And um, and I, uh, but I never really. It was too frightening for me. It was too frightening, frightening for me to consider my job. You know, because I this medical job, I um, well, I gave it six years of of my uh, student life. My family invested a lot of money in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was just, uh, yeah, that was unthinkable for me to think. Okay, that's this, that thing, that thing you're doing every day from nine to five. That's the reason. So um, I kept on, I kept on, and I went to. Uh, I met that with a Japanese woman, as uh, the one you talked about yes. during the battle, and uh, yeah. uh, we went to Japan. And there, I think the creating, the creation, the process of building the clinic of my dreams took me away from that depression state. And, um, but um, as soon as I started working again, I was feeling, yeah, I was in the same uh, medium average, uh, um, I had uh, that average type of energy. Yeah. That was the moment when, um, yeah, when that uh, natural catastrophe happened in Japan. And that was, yeah, I think uh, this catastrophe was a uh, was like a blessing in disguise mm-hmm. because it um, it made me take a lot of uh, a lot of big decisions, a lot of decisions that you uh, that takes uh, way too much courage for yeah. someone outside of that, of that context. And um, yeah, and it was a blessing in disguise because that's what uh, yeah, it's because when you when you go through that, you kind of lose everything. And at one point, it's like, okay, now that 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 job, that's one thing. 
that's possibly making me depressed. That's the only thing I have left. So yeah, what the hell? I can quit it too. So that's that was really uh, yeah that moment that uh, yeah shook me a lot and uh, made me uh, realize that uh, yeah it gave me the strength. I'd say that's the words I, I I like to use. That gave me the strength to uh, to use my will and my courage and uh, and uh, and change uh, and change that. And that's funny because. That's really funny because when I was an osteopath, you know, I was uh, <laughs> I was trying very hard, you know, to be helpful to people mm. and them advice and all that, but I felt very useless. Mm. I was very useless. And when I decided to quit osteopathy, I was still working, you know. <laughs> I was still working in my in my mind. I was already I knew that I was going to quit in uh, three to four months. Uh-huh. And to motivate my uh, patients, I tell them, listen, you're my patient today. I'm your therapist, but I don't like this job. Mm. I'm, going to, I'm going to quit it. And, um, and then I would continue. And there, they would just look at me as if I was God, you know, as, as if, okay, okay, Gregory, you're doing this. Then okay, I can I, do it. I, do, I can do anything else right now. And I thought that was, so ironic to tell your own patient. <laughs> Imagine your teacher. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my God. Guys, I don't give a about you. So, <laughs> but yeah, ironically enough, that that uh, yeah, the, what I what I did inspired them very much, and uh, and uh, yeah, and that's as soon as I. It's funny because talk uh, going back to depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I left depression. The day I decided in my head that I was going to quit. That's what I wanted to know. That's okay. Wow. Yeah, I decided in my head, not the day uh, of my very last patient, not the day I took my luggage and took went to the airport and left. Mm-hmm. No, no. The day in my head, the um, I I decided that that was it. Wow. Wow. It all starts with the mind. I tell people this all the time. It's everything. Everything you do started with a thought and a decision. And even a decision starts with a thought. You have to make up your mind to make a decision. I love that. I love that. Wow. Um, Go ahead. I experienced the the exact same situation when I was uh, uh, once I left. Once I quit osteopathy and then I went back to Japan to work as an English teacher. Once again, I wasn't feeling very well as a teacher, and I uh, and I um, and I quit. And I quit again. And same story. I wasn't feeling well. Uh, my colleagues and all that. So many, so many details. And but I quit. This is this is the sequence. I quit. I gave my. Uh, I resigned with my boss, I came back home and spent a few weeks, a few nights thinking, oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do? And the day in my head, the day I realized that becoming a professional athlete and going to the Olympics was what I really wanted, the day that seed really like started growing in my head, I went back to school, the colleagues were the same, the students were the same, everybody was the same, but I was just so you were different, and uh, and once again, this yeah, this changed this changed everything. 
just being uh, yeah just deciding inside of you not outside you don't have the the outside um uh circumstances and the material things yet but yeah just the decision inside of you makes a Wow. So, you know, I read in your bio, you had, uh, you've had quite a few jobs. <laughs> you've done a lot. McDonald's, janitor, teacher, osteopath. I mean, you've gone from the ceiling to the floor, literally, with the janitor. I mean, dude. <laughs> now, you know what, Outside looking in, <laughs> I would say you have a little bit of trouble keeping a job. Exactly. That's just outside looking in, though. But you, you made a lot. You you've made a lot of changes, and and so, do you attribute all of those to for trying to get back to that dream? I mean, do you? I mean, obviously, when you're not happy doing something, you feel it. It's in your emotions, hence your depression. It's in how you you function. People do a great job when they have when they're doing a job they love. Um, you can always tell a, a happy employee, right? Um, if you're a manager, because they're doing they just go over and above and they have no issues. But you did a lot of different things. So what prompted each change? I got the osteopath and you know that piece. And first of all, can you just tell us what an osteopath is? Because we've been throwing that term around and it's not a very common term. What exactly is an osteopath? Uh, yeah, so osteo, uh, osteopathy is different in the United States and the rest of the world. So um, an osteopath in the United States is like a, is like a medical doctor. Oh, okay. Like, uh, exactly. It's like your GP with a little bit of, um, with a little bit more of a, um, how can I say, of a, a global vision, let's say. Mm-hmm. Global vision, but uh, an osteopath in the rest of the world is a manual therapist. It's a let's say it's a, it's a combination between a chiro, a chiro and a, a physiotherapist, something like that. Okay, all right, cool. Now back to the question: Why yeah. so many jobs, my friend? <laughs> well, you know, I think I was. Um, I think um, that quest. Yeah, we can call it this way. Yeah, that quest to find um, my soul job, as a, as a, as I said in a, as a, it's the title of my book. I um it started because I was at the beginning it started because I was so in pain. Yeah, so in pain being an osteopath and once the first time was the was the hardest obviously. The, the first time when you quit your career to do something else, that process, the first time it obviously it takes it takes courage, it takes inspiration, so many things. Mm-hmm. And the first time is very hard. But the second time is easy. And the third is easy, and the fourth is easy. And when you and you know, when I uh, when you do something that makes you unhappy for uh, for quite a while, you become very intolerant with anything that you don't like in your uh, yeah in your professional life. You know, I uh, yeah, it's like I uh, I tolerated a lot of things that I didn't like for. For three, four, five years, and uh, after that, I thought, okay, never again, never again. So, as um, when I started working as a teacher, I um, right away I felt, you know, like speaking English is very natural for me. It comes very natural. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't study it. It comes very natural for me, and therefore, teaching to students was 
it felt very good because I was uh, I was myself. I was just myself speaking English. But there was one aspect of the job of a teacher that I didn't like. That was frustrating for me. And that was it. That was one aspect. But I but it's like I had my uh I I had my radar on, turned on, and I was like Okay, this is one thing that I don't like in my job. Never again. I'm not tolerating this. So mm -hmm. I um, I make sacrifices. You know, I uh, I uh, right now I do uh, well. I'm interpreting. I have all the freedom I want in the world. I uh, there are some things that I don't that I don't have, but uh, I have the freedom, and I do something that I love, um, and. Um, Yeah, and that's uh, and really doing a doing a, a job where there is one detail that I don't that I don't like is uh, yeah is something that uh, I uh, I couldn't tolerate and that's why I moved from every time it wasn't like a, uh, I think uh, yeah I've I've got asked that question a, a few times that yes it looks like I'm changing a lot but it's not like changing all the jobs I did wasn't changing from left left to right then back right then left again. It was every time it was uh, okay. I don't like this, but I'll that. So, what is the one job I can uh, I can I can find at a, at a higher level um, in terms of happiness? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What is the one job I can, I can find that's better? So every time it was a matter of going of going up, of improving and find and finding the job that um, that was uh, the right one for me. And you know, interpreting that's yeah, that's uh, you know, you will understand that idea of progression. Because interpreting, I I get to speak English once again, so uh, yeah, I, we know that's uh, that's something that feels natural to me. And when you are an interpreter, you know you have to be uh, at the top of your game. Mm -hmm. You have to be very good right now, and it's like a race, it's like a competition. So for the athlete inside of me, it's a perfect fit. So so that's. That's 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 that, that's probably the reason why I I like this job very much now. That's good. That's awesome. Okay, so let's talk about your Olympic quest now, right. because you progression. Yeah. Yes, this is progression. So I I want to end our call today just before we give you an opportunity to talk at the very end. Um, yeah. But tell tell us tell us where you are in this journey. 2020 coming up. It's going to be here before we blink. But you tell us where you are in this journey. So um, right now I am in the uh, beginning. You said the uh, age group uh, team. So that's the progression. At the beginning, you're amateur. Then you are um, in the in the national team at the actual level. Then you become professional. Then national team, professional level. So now I started um, triathlon a year and a half ago. Okay. And you know, like I I want all people listening to this call to really get that in their brain is that. When you give everything you have for just one year and a half, it's it's uh, it's amazing the uh, the achievements you will uh, you will get. I was you know when I was when I started uh, I started triathlon a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. but a year and a half I wasn't like I wasn't crazy fit at all, you know. So I wasn't uh, I had never swim in my life. I had never rode a bike in my life. I was just good at running. After one year, after 18 months of giving my all to this, now I'm in the French national team at your level. And you know, so that's a long time, one year and a half. So, uh, 
I have still five years before the uh, the Olympics, and I have no idea, you know, where where I can be in five years. I have no idea, but I just the the only thing I have for me, and I believe that's enough, is that I have crazy faith in that dream. You know, it comes from inside of me. There is a feeling. There is something burning inside of me, and I just. I can't deny. I can't. Uh, I, I can't deny. I can't pretend that it's too big or anything. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just what I want the most. Wow, wow. I love it. I love it. In talking Thank to you. you, I mean, there's, there's obviously some themes that have come out today. I mean, there's the theme of change and uh, the, the courage to change, is what I would call it. Because I think you're right. Once you, anything, once you do it that first time, you get over that fear of doing it, just taking that leap of faith, as we as we call it, it does become easier, I believe, uh, personally. It becomes easier each time. And what you've shown is by conquering that fear that first time, it has led you back full circle. Not really full circle because you're not back to the beginning. You're back. You're where you should have been in the there first place, go. okay? But it's, it's just bringing you to that place which I think is, uh, again, a great story for people that says it's not too late. And when you start, when you and, and the truth is, when you think about athletes, 37 is getting up there. I mean, starting to get to that point, but not for you, because I believe that God can restore things and even those knees. So clearly you're doing what wouldn't even make sense to be doing. Think about that. I mean, no, you thought about it, right? But <laughs> for everybody who hasn't thought about it. That's that's quite the story because you had four ACL surgeries if I if I'm remembering your bio correctly, um, which usually takes people out. But the fact that you're running in a triathlon, I think, is fantastic. I think that's fantastic, and I can't wait to cheer. I hope you I hope you make it, um, <laughs> so I can be cheering and say I saw him. We talked on Skype. <laughs> Just wave at the camera. Just look, say hi, look. Christy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, no. This is this is you know like this is. Uh, sometimes I take a I take a moment to to reflect on what I'm doing. Sometimes it's very hard. Like you know, it's uh, even though as I said earlier, there are lots of, a lot of uh, ups and downs when you go after your dream. It's not it's not pink every day, but when I take a minute to step back, it's just completely unreal to uh, to the. Um, to have my name and to be in my shoes. That's, uh, I'm really fortunate. And, uh, next, um, next month, I will, uh, I will be racing in the European Championship. So this will be my first, uh, international race. So, yeah. Well, more than excited. Of, best of luck. I'm so excited for yeah. you. You've got a great story. Well, hey, we're, we're nearing the end of our time here. And I want to give you an opportunity. We didn't talk about your book at all. Uh, but I want to give you a, an opportunity to just take a couple minutes and share how folks can contact you if they want to get a copy of your book. What do they do? Just whatever you'd like to share in the last couple minutes. Sure. Okay. So uh, best way to contact me uh, to um, the website. Uh, the address is www.gp. Interpreter.com, and that's uh, everything I do. Whether it's the uh, the interpreting, whether it is the motivational speaking, I just created a, a video course lately for athletes. I um, 
and I wrote this book, and uh, this book is available on the website too. So, and if you would just want to reach out to me and uh, even ask me questions, simply ask me questions about uh, uh, an exchange, interact, and tell me what you're going through. If you feel like you need, uh, yeah, there is something you, you you've been listening to this interview, and there is something extra that you that you need that you're not definitely sure of. Uh, don't be, don't hesitate to share. I'll be very glad to to help you. And Gregory, can you say your website one more time? You were breaking up just a bit at the very beginning, and it'll be on on the blog talk site as well. But go ahead and say it one more time. Sure. www.dbinterpreterspeaker.com. Awesome. And uh, and you can find me obviously on Facebook and uh, and Twitter. Uh, just uh, just with my name. Very good. Now, are you going to be posting your progress towards the Olympic dream? On Facebook and Twitter. Ah, I uh, I post I post a few things, but uh, in addition to my um, maybe you want to do that too since you are yes, interested. Yes, in I am very interested. I would love to keep up. Yeah, in addition to the um, so the um, the website address I just gave you is more for let's say the the professional for now. What's professional now? So speaking and interpreting, and uh, but uh, uh, yeah, like very often I keep uh, updates of my. Uh, yeah, my triathlon quest towards the Olympics on my blog, so I'm going to give you the address. Okay. And uh, the address of the of the blog is uh, www.greg3, like the number, A-T-A-H-L-O-N dot WordPress dot com. Greg3athlon dot WordPress dot com. Got it. All right, and I will make sure that that is on the website as well so that folks can follow you there. Well, again, Gregory, thank you so much for joining. I appreciate having you as a guest. And I want to thank you all for listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show with me, Christy Demetrakis. I invite you to follow me on Blog Talk Radio to get news and reminders for upcoming shows. I'd also like you to connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at cdemetrakis. And I have two Facebook pages, Faith to Conquer Fear and The Empowered Speaker. This will allow you to keep up with all the news and events to inspire you and keep it moving. I'm doing what I love. Talk to you soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.